We had junior high camp this week. Yeah. So I want to thank all of our volunteers that were here, everybody that had a hand in that. It was successful. Um, Nobody got hurt too bad. And And the great thing is we had two young men accept Jesus this week. And we had several more rededicate their lives. The altars were full each night. Uh, the guys we had brought in, uh, I told them, I said, when you bring people in, you don't know, no, like, you know, you don't talk to them in person. It's a little scary because you don't know what to expect. But these guys came highly recommended um, and their ministry was God-centered and from their heart. And you can tell that. And we had a great week at camp. Thank you guys, the church, for supporting it, um, helping us putting it on. Um, it's valuable to be a camp for kids um, and to get everything that God has for them. Some of them said they wish they could just stay here all the time, so that's something I'm going to take before the board. Um, If we could just go ahead and let all the kids stay here throughout the week, keep them sheltered. We know that's not the case. They have to get out there and live life, and they have to take what they learn in here and apply it out there um, and be different um, than what we are or what we see in the world. So that's what I'm going to talk about this morning, standing out. Or blending in. We want to be that little red circle right there. Okay? When we're out in the world, we want to be that one right there. We don't want to look like everybody else. So, if you can turn in your Bibles, Leviticus 19.2, just a short scripture I want to start with. Standing out or blending in. Pastor Mark will be back with us next week. Um, it's too late in the service now for you to turn around and walk out. Okay? You get to hear the youth pastor today. Leviticus 19.2. All right, it says, You must be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Real short scripture, but it's so powerful. Um, Speaks a lot to us about standing out, being set apart, or are we blending in to the world around us? Am I living a life that's holy? Um, my heart lately has been turned to that. Um, am I standing out as a Christian? Am I set apart when I'm out in the world, or is that just when I'm in here? Um, and that's really been a burden of mine lately. There's so many things going on in the world today. Our world is messed up. Everybody agree with that? Um, our, our values and things have shifted tremendously over the years, where the world is now a very scary place for anybody to be in. It is. Um, but what scares me and, and frustrates even me even more is inside our churches, we're looking more like the world. <laughs> I got two. Yeah. That's a little scarier that we are, as the churches in America, are becoming more like the world instead of the other way around. That's the scary thing to me. And our hope here at Orchardville Church and our hope as Christians is that we would truly be set apart and be totally different from what the world is. We are called to be that to be holy, like we sang about this morning, like Sarah talked about, we're called to be holy, to be set apart, to be different while we're in the world. Um, has anybody looked at other churches like across the globe a little bit and, and studied them any? They do things a little different than we do. Um, and some of them have to do it secretly. Why? Because they can be killed for their faith. Um, so they have to secretly meet, whereas some of us lay secretly out of church for one or two months and hope nobody notices it. Um, but in other countries, you can be killed for your faith. Um, 
And they do things well. They are being set apart. They are being holy. They are doing what the Bible says to do. That's a crazy concept, to follow the Word and what it says for us to do. Um, One of these churches in particular is truly showing that they're set apart. All of them, all the families in this church become Christians in this area, and every morning they read the Word of God. And they're so convicted by it that they actually want to do what it says. Um, As a kid, we play this game. Uh, Some of you younger ones may not know because there's not an app for it yet. But Simon, (laughs) Simon Says, okay? We play this game called Simon Says. Simon Says, put your hand on your head. All this, you know, you guys remember that? You guys don't, maybe. Did you guys play it? Okay. The youth have played it also. So we play this game called Simon Says, and we do all that, and we have fun with that game. It was a good time. But when it comes to Jesus Says, it's a different, it's a different concept. Uh, when Jesus says in his word, we don't do as it says, we memorize it. So it's different in the church. When Jesus says, we memorize. But do we do it? Or do we just know what the word says? So, um, you know, an example could be, if I tell Jackson, it's not so much him, it's his sister, Brylin. If I say, go clean your room, Brylin, I want you to go clean your room. You know, a couple hours goes by. She comes back out and says, Dad, I've memorized what you said. (laughs) I've thought about it. I've dwelled on it. I've memorized it. I've been thinking about it. I can even say it in the Greek. what we do, right? In fact, Dad, uh, I've invited some of my friends over. We're going to study it a little more of what that would look like to clean my room. And, and, you know, just imagine what my room would look like being clean instead of doing it, okay? This church would serve people for a big portion of their day, and it brought them joy. They would love on people without hesitation, And as I was reading about these people, I kept thinking in my heart, God, I want to be those people. I want to do that. I want to apply what I read to my life and show that love to people, to be set apart, to be holy. I want that for myself. And I pray that everybody in here wants the same thing. I want to live out my faith like that. I want to think like they do. When I wake up, right now I think about me. What I want. What am I going to do today? Am I even going to be able to roll out of bed because my back hurts right now from camp? You know? But instead of thinking about me, if we wake up and say, God, what do you have for me today for me to do? Who can I minister to? Who can I witness to? Who can I love on? Show me. Instead of waking up thinking about me, 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 me. If we could picture what being set apart would look like, I wonder what we would see. I'm sure, sure if we were truly set apart, people would say, I've never seen anything like this. People would say, that's the most beautiful church I've ever been a part of. And they could say it without ever stepping in the building. That's something to think about. And sometimes we make everything about the service and being in the building. And we have a great building. We have, great, we have a great praise and worship band. We have a great preacher. Pastor, we have great everything in here, but it's not always about what's in here. It's what we're doing with it out there. We are the church. We are the one that are supposed to be set apart and living that holy life for others to see and want what we have. 
not look at us like, man, you're no different than me. I don't want that. The church is not the building or the music or the preacher. The church is you and I going out and being holy and being set apart. It's living that life 24-7, 365 days a year without needing recognition for it. Nobody knows who they are in this church I'm talking about. They're set apart for no other reason besides the love and relationship they have with Jesus Christ and how they're applying that truth to their lives. Why can't we be like that as a people? Why can't we be like that? What do you think people say about our church? That everyone that goes to Orchardville Church is living a life that is set apart and they're not being transformed or influenced by the world. They're epitome of the love of God. Are people saying, I've never seen people sacrifice like Orchardville Church people do. And the goal in being set apart is for people outside, again, of our church to see that we're different. Holiness, to be set apart, to be different, for, for people to recognize, man, there's something different about you. There's something different about Mark Miller. There's something different about Bear. There's something different about Carlin. Man, you guys are different. What is going on? And there's the chance. I'm glad you recognize that because I've got Jesus inside of here, and I just want to share it with you. That's how I walk around every day with this joy that I have and this happiness that I have, and I want you to have it too. Or do people say, here's the other side, here we go. Watch your toes. There's a bunch of people that are going to Orchardville Church and they're studying the Bible some. They don't cuss that much. They don't get drunk all that much. They help people out every once in a while. Uh, they don't gossip a whole lot. They try to minister to the communities here and there. They attend church every once in a while. Uh, they'll post some negative stuff on Facebook sometimes. They don't hit the bars all that much. I mean, it's not a big deal. Uh, I don't, they don't associate with those people that you wouldn't think they'd be with all that much. Is that, our, is that what we really want as a church? And it happens, not just here, everywhere. There's, there's no difference when we walk out from what the world is and what we are. And we're called to be set apart. And that's going to step on toes, I know. But it's the truth. And somebody told me last time, before I've been up here, don't apologize for the truth. And I won't, so I'll just shut my mouth there, okay? <laughs> it's the truth. We think we can dabble a little bit in the world, show up to church on Sundays, and be in and out and in and out, and everything's fine. Be ye holy, for I am holy. That's pretty simple. Be set apart. We don't want our end goal or to what we're known for to be stuff like that. We're in and out and in and out and dabbling in the things of the world. Nobody's seeing a difference in us. I'm going to pick on parents because I'm a youth pastor. And I'm one too. I got a teenager right there. Yes, he's a teenager. Um, it's, all this starts in your home as you're raising a child. I'm responsible to teach him in the ways of the Lord, to teach Brylin in the ways of the Lord, and to, to live that set-apart life, that holy life, that starts at home. Um, and this may sound mean, but it's not on me. I see your kids once or twice a week for an hour, hour and a half. You see them 
every other day. Well, maybe not if they're gone and doing whatever, but you guys see them a lot more than I do, okay? So in your home, and I've had kids in this church come to me and I say, I don't, I don't know how to pray. My parents don't really pray at home. We don't read our word together. We don't study it together. Uh, we don't do devotions together. I don't know what this means to do this. So I know it happens. And again, myself included, I have a responsibility. If they're not seen at home and they see you act one way at church and they see you act another way at home, the majority of the time you're with them, where do you think they're going to be going? What are they going to be trained up to do? Train up a child in the way they should go. When they're older, they will not depart from it. I love preaching these rough ones. So everybody's just staring a hole through me. It's true. In everything, you are their example at home. Be that example, that godly, set-apart, holy example for them. So when they're older, they will do the same things that you're doing. And hopefully that's in the godly way. The other side of that, and what I pray that we see, is are we doing things that cause people to stop and take notice that, wow, did you see how that person loved? Where do they go to church at? Oh, Orchardville. Man, they really know how to love people. All of them. They know how to love people. Do you see how much different they are than everyone else in their world around them? Look at how they serve people. Look at how they think. And they really stand out as somebody that loves Jesus. I know they're walking it out. I know they're trying to live a holy life. Be holy for I am holy. Be set apart. Be different. Don't be like the world. And I said this before. Our Christian culture is trying to, to become like the world. Oh, come in. Come to church with us. We just act like you do. It's no big deal. Well, come on in here. Nothing to it. Yeah, we got some rock and music too, just like all the stuff you listen to, okay? But there's more to it than that, and we know this, but for some reason we don't walk in it. So how do we get this life that's set apart, a life of holiness? And I was looking at these other churches and, you know, that actually would give their life for what they believe in, and I found five pillars of a church that have the goal of being set apart, and this is what they went by. And some of these are a given. Um, you would think they'd be a given for any church, really. But listen to these. One of them was deep commitment to prayer, individually and corporately. Deep commitment to prayer. If you're anything like me, your intentions are good in your prayer life, but a lot of times it suffers. Um, the youth group will tell me, I'll pick on them, they're used to it. Uh, they'll tell me, I can only pray for like 30 seconds and then I run out of stuff to say. What else should I do? Okay? As you get closer and closer to God, he just starts peeling back things and revealing things to you that need prayed for. You don't even know where they come from. He just starts dumping them into you. It could be your own prayer language to you and, and God and he knows exactly. Even when you don't know what to say, the Bible says he knows our moanings and our groanings anyway. So if it's on your heart and you can't speak it out, he already knows. Prayer life, deep commitment to prayer every single day. Every single day. Find a time that works for you to pray. Driving down the road, keep your eyes open and pray, okay? 
You go to bed at night, pray. When we get together as a group, pray. Uh, when they say, everybody pray in your own way right where you're at, pray and quit standing around looking at other people. The second thing they talked about was a deep hunger for the word of God and obeying it. A deep hunger for the word of God and obeying it. It's a lot in that. Hungry for the word of God. Wanting more of the word of God. Get a translation that works for you. Uh, Zach, our speaker this week, talked about the Passion Translation that came out for some of the New Testament. Man, it is perfect for youth. It's perfect for me uh, because I had that mindset. (laughs) My body doesn't, but my mind does. But find something that works for you and read it. Study it. Know it. Understand it. That's what feeds us. That's what feeds our spiritual life. If we leave it sitting on the shelf, not paying attention to it, you're not getting fed. They had a deep hunger for the word of God and they obeyed what it said. Third one, outwardly focused on sharing the gospel. Everyone is a missionary. We exist to take this outside of these walls. This is our comfort zone. And a lot of times we don't want to go outside, but we're all called to be missionaries, to share the gospel, to make disciples. We are all called to do this. Not just whoever gets up here on Sunday, not not just whoever teaches on Wednesday, but all of us. Share the gospel. Share God's love with people. Every day, every week, share the gospel. Look for those opportunities to do it. Number four, this is big because I grew up seeing some of it, and it's fa- this is another one of the things over the years has faded. And it's sad because God has not changed. This fourth thing, regular expectancy of the supernaturals and expecting miracle. Expecting miracles. We don't see it. We're too busy blending in and not living that holy set-apart life. We pray for somebody in the back of our minds, and some of you, I know we do it. We'll go ahead and pray, but we know this isn't going to happen. It's there. We have the doubt because we don't see it anymore. Regularly expecting supernaturals and miracles. I think that would change a lot of people's hearts. You know, it's not, some of us, it's not enough that Jesus died on the cross for us to live that holy life. We want, we want to see, we want to see these miracles happen. And that's a great thing. I want to see them happen. But we almost have to be in some kind of awestruck state. This, this really is the way to go. Can you believe we just prayed for that person and they were healed? We don't expect it. And God's not changed. When I was a little kid seeing miracles and, and the supernatural and things happen and you have no explanation for it, why don't I see that anymore? Because I don't want to pay the price of the holiness. We don't want to pay the price of what it means to be holy anymore. We're just doing church. But they had that, number four, is the regular expectancy of the supernatural and the see miracles. And the fifth one totally blows me away. It's craziness to think of it, embrace suffering for the glory of Jesus. Embrace suffering for the glory of Jesus. Embrace suffering? Is that biblical? Really? 
All throughout the New Testament, it shows us that we're to embrace suffering. And can you imagine living a life where you actually want to suffer? You embrace it? Give me, give me some more. I'll take that. It doesn't make sense. It does not make sense to embrace suffering. But it's biblical. And when you have a group of people that believes that they will actually be rewarded for any suffering that they go through to the point that they want it in their life, that's an unstoppable group of people because they're not going to let anything slow them down. Nothing's going to stop me from living this holy set-apart life because I know what my treasure is on the other side. So whatever I face now, it's not even going to compare to what I see in the glory of heaven. That's why some churches are unstoppable. Because when they'd suffer or go through a difficult time, they'd be saying right on, let's go, give me some more. I know what's on the other side of this. This is just a battle. This is just a trial I'm going through. But on the other side, you don't even understand what I'm going to see, what I'm going to walk in. Eternal reward coming up after our suffering. I'm going to actually rejoice in this suffering that's what Jesus tells us to do. When Peter and John were beat up and shamed for the gospel, what'd they do? Rejoiced in it. Thank you. And they're like, oh, we just punished these guys and shamed them in front of everybody, and they're, they're still rejoicing. We can't stop these guys. Well, if that was our life, there's nothing going to stop him. Nothing's going to stop us from living the holy life, living all out for Jesus. Nothing's going to stop us because we know what the reward is on the other side. And it's so different from how we think in our lives now. When we suffer, when we go through things now, uh, we don't think about embracing that. We think about how bad things are for us in that moment, and we forget about God. Not all of us. Maybe that's just me when I go through things that you know, I have this moment where I'm like, oh, my life sucks. But if we're all honest, we do that. We get in those pity parties for ourselves when we start to go through things. And the whole time Christ is saying, embrace it. Embrace it for my sake. You know what's coming up for you. Give me four, give me four of my guys over here, my youth group guys. I think I had four so they'd help me out. Come on, come on. Give me a girl if we need to. I don't care who. Here's what we do. I got three. You're Jesus. Don't let it go to your head. You are, you are your, fam your family. You're my friends. You're just all the problems I have in my life. Not literally, Dane's a great guy. I know okay, we got Jesus. We got some family. Family can cause us problems. We got friends and backstabbers, okay? And we got all life's problems, okay? Now, if I'm living this holy set-apart life, this is where Jesus is in compared to all my problems. That's not the way it always is with us. We start to get in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the fight, and let's just do a little rearrange. Oh, my family, man, we, we're really going through some stuff, uh, Okay. And my friends, man, they got in the way of me and piled on me. I don't even know who I can talk to anymore. And then I just got all kinds, I got money problems going on. I got this and that, and I, I'm battling this. And 
all of a sudden, where Jesus at? I'm focused on my problems, and I've shoved him back. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't embrace my suffering, the things I was going through. I just kind of neglected you and what's going to happen with me on the other side. And I threw you to the back of my life, and I'm focused on all this stuff up here. Do we do this? We do. Thanks, guys. You're awesome. Why do you think our movements in, in different time periods, all these churches go through movements? Heck, I even named a service after it for our youth on Friday nights, the movement. Okay? Why do you think some of these are so stoppable now? Not unstoppable, but stoppable. Why are things like that stoppable now? Because it got hard. It started being difficult to meet, you know, once a month. Uh, I had some stuff come out. I just, you know, I know we was, we're, in a, we're in this revival, this move of God, but I, I just got to gotta work some extra time. Work gets in the way. Uh, I, don't have, I don't have near the time to study and pray like I did when we were in that move of God. Really? And we're stoppable because we put limitations on it because we let everything else get in the way of what we were in during that movement or what the church was in during that movement. It gets, it's, it's too hard. It's too hard to keep that going. Or maybe you say, oh, a speaker wasn't that good today. If you say that today, you better not let me hear you. That dang youth pastor was preaching today, and I didn't get a thing out of it. I don't even like that guy. We do that. Okay? Hopefully you don't do it to me, but I can take it. I'll embrace that. Okay? Or our worship service, it just didn't really move me today, you know? Just didn't, just didn't get me. We do that. I wasn't feeling it. Or, here we go. That wasn't the song. That wasn't the song I was hoping they'd play today. Why didn't they play my song? Here's, here's the deal. I'll try not to break it, Carlin. If that's all I heard in the worship service, that has no effect on how I worship. It's in here. It's realizing what Jesus did for me. I don't care what song you play. It's, from my, it's a matter of my heart. So they could get up here, and I, we, we learned this week that music is an automobile that carries you into the presence. And I understand all that, but I don't need it. I don't need it to worship my Father. Every time I get a chance to praise and worship, I don't need some special song played. It's what's inside of here and realizing Man, I was messed up at one, like Carlin talked about this morning, I was messed up at one time in my life, but man, the Lord came in and just picked me up, and now I can just walk around with this joy and this happiness that I didn't have before because he invaded my heart, and now there's joy that springs out of it, and I just want to let him know about it. It's in here. Don't wait for a special song to get played. God's done so much in your life. Just worship him for that. 
Get in that time, just you and him. Or maybe you say, our youth pastor is just too tough on our kids. He's just too tough on them. He expects too much out of them. No, I don't. I expect the same thing out of them as what I expect out of myself. And I want them to walk in everything that God has for them. I want them to live that holy set-apart life and not be ashamed of the gospel when they walk through their schools. Embrace suffering when they get made fun of. Embrace suffering when things don't go your way in life. To know that, I already know that my sins are forgiven and I know where I'm going to spend eternity and it's worth whatever I go through down here. And not quit. We whine, we whine, we whine, we whine about everything today as people. But again, instead of whining about things, we're to embrace the suffering, embrace the difficulties, embrace the trials, the things that come up in your life as a good thing. I've told the kids this before. If we're never put through things in life and everything's just perfect for us all the time, how are you ever going to test your faith? You know, I've shared before about when we went through our thing with Jackson and my faith just quit just like that in that hospital waiting room and I just cursed God. That fast. Here, I'm going to test your faith. Rick, you failed. Thankfully, two hours later, I recovered. But things like that come up in our life and there's a chance. I'm going to test my faith right now. I'm going to embrace this because I know what's on the other side of it, good or bad. This is not our home. We're going somewhere else. 1 Peter 4, verse 1. Since Christ, though innocent, suffered in his flesh for you, now you also must be, be a prepared soldier, having the same mindset for whoever has died in his body is done with sin. And this is the Passion Translation. I liked it so much I started doing it. <laughs> Since Christ Jesus suffered in the flesh, Arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. Be a prepared soldier. Arm yourself, arm your mind in your thinking, just like Christ Jesus did. Come here, Mason. I'm going to use them again. I got something for you. This might be a little snug, but go ahead and squeeze it on. Arm your mind. Be prepared for suffering. What's the great thing about armor? Hang on, Mason. Let me get something else. I know that's not a football helmet, but the one we have is kind of small. So. All right. What's the great thing about armor? <laughs> Did that hurt? It didn't? Let me try again. Turn around. Let me try back here. How about that? That didn't hurt either. That's the great thing about preparing our minds. You can take it off. And putting that armor on and knowing that's going to be coming. Thanks. Because it's not going to hurt. In the natural, it might hurt for a little bit. But when we prepare our minds for that suffering, that battle, those trials that we're going to go through, we are protected. Because we've, we know Jesus went through the same thing. And he prevailed. We have that in us now. So we prepare our minds to, to, to embrace that suffering, to know that we're going to go through it. I'm expecting the suffering. He said, when you insult me, I keep serving you. That doesn't happen in America. 
you insult me, <laughs> you got another thing coming. I'm going to insult you right back. True? It's true. When we get insulted, man, we're ready. You can go say that to me. It's not embracing the suffering. He expected it. He was not surprised by it. He had that way of thinking, so in the same way, if we as believers, rather than running from suffering, will actually embrace it or expect it, then we're armed and we're ready and we're not going to quit in the middle of that battle. We're not going to quit. goes on to say, whoever has died in his body or suffered in the flesh is done with sin. You can't stop sinning unless you're willing to suffer. We don't think about that. We can't stop sinning unless we're willing to suffer. Addicts, alcoholics, prescription addictions, drug users, pornography, gossip, foul mouth, whatever it is, you will not be able to quit until you suffer. You've seen someone try to break an addiction before? The shakes, the sweats, all that stuff. You have to suffer to get through it, to get on the other side of it, be able to quit doing what you were doing. You don't just wake up one day and say, okay, I'll quit. It doesn't work like that. You're gonna have to go through some stuff in order to quit doing what you know you need to quit doing. You're gonna have to suffer a little bit. And what the Bible says is true of all of our sins. But we whine. We whine about stuff. I prayed that God would take away my love for alcohol, but he didn't do it. He just didn't do it. No, you expected a sin to be lifted off you without suffering anything to take it away. You're going to have to go through some stuff to get rid of some junk in your life. It's just the way it is. Just like Christ did. And you get, if you're trying to give up drinking... And Sam, I remember what you said. It's not alcoholic, it's drunkard. Because that's what the Bible uses. But if you're going to get over that, there's going to be times where you say, man, I want to drink so bad, I want to drink, but I know I can't do it. This is the suffering. This, but I really want, no, I can't do it. I got to walk away from this because I want what he has for me more than I want what this sin and the devil has for me. And you're going to have to get in those moments where you're like, no, 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 I'm not going to do this. I don't want to do this anymore. You have to get a point in your life where you're fed up with how you used to be. And you get to a place where I don't want to do that stuff anymore. I've had enough of it. The same thing if somebody's in here that struggles with pornography. You're going to get to those points where I know I'm not supposed to look at that girl. I'm not supposed to look at that. But, oh, here comes the temptation again. And you have to go through stuff. Shut off the phone. Shut off the computer. Suffer a little bit. We don't want to do that. Some people will be in relationships they know they shouldn't be in. But when that weekend rolls around, man, it's so much easier if I just go and do something with that person on Friday, Saturday. When you know that you're not supposed to be in that relationship with them. There'll be the times where you have to sit home and don't have any plans, and that's okay. Verse 2, so we live... So live the rest of your earthly life no longer concerned with human desires, but consumed with what brings pleasure to God. For you have already spent enough time doing what unbelievers love to do, living in debauchery, sensuality, partying, drunkenness, wild drinking parties, and the worship of demons. 
And again, it's saying here, you've already spent enough time doing that stuff. Stop. Start serving the Lord. Some of you guys, like Carlin said, know what I'm talking about in here. You know you got to a point in your life where you were broken at the very bottom and you got tired of doing the stuff you were doing. And you realize this is not the answer for my life. All this is doing is getting me more messed up, getting me more thinking about myself, getting me more problems with my family, problems with my friends, landing me places that I don't need to be. I've had enough. And when you get to that point where you can tell yourself that, that I've had enough, that's where Jesus just sweeps in. Here I am. I've got so much more for you. I've got so much better for you. Walk in my holiness. Be set apart. Be different. Stop dabbling in the things of the world and let's get what I have for you. The other side of that, there's other people in this room that haven't had enough yet. Well, I'll just hang on for a few more weeks doing what I want to do and then I'll start getting things right. Or you come to the altar and instead of having an encounter with Jesus and repenting where there's actual change, you just have an emotional thing. Did you see me? I cried at church at the altar. Really? That's great. I'm glad you cried. What did you change? Did you repent? Are you wanting to make, you know, let Jesus be the Lord of your life and make a difference in your life? We need to be fully committed, all out, serving the Lord, set apart and holy. Proverbs 26, 11, I'll try to wrap up here. 26, 11, it talks about how a dog will return to its vomit. A fool repeats his foolishness. Pigs, you can wash them off. Who's got pigs in here? Anybody? Nobody? You can wash a pig off and wash them off and get them all clean. What's he do? Right back into the mud. Because why? That's his nature. That is what he's going to do is just, I'm a pig. I'm going to get right back into it. Okay? If there's not a change in your spirit, in your nature, and you're a sinner, you're going to run right back to that sin eventually. If he's not Lord of your life and all of it, and it's none of it. He's not Lord of any of it. And you're going to run right back in. No matter how many times Pastor Mark will hose you off and clean you up, until you make that change inside, you're going to run right back into it. And we can do that over and over again. Clean you up and run right back into it. We've got to live that holy set apart life. Verse 12. Beloved friends, if life gets extremely difficult... With many tests, don't be bewildered or surprised as though something strange were overwhelming you. Don't be surprised when these tests come with your new mindset, expect the suffering. That's, that's kind of a problem with a lot of churches in America today. They preach, you come to Jesus, you're going to be rich, wealthy, healthy. Everything's going to be great for you. That's not the case. You will still have trials. It tells us right there. Don't be surprised when these things come up because they will happen. 
I don't know why we're trying to blind people from that because you're going to struggle. Just because you have Christ in you now and you are a Christian does not mean you're not going to have to face things. We're going to have to go through them. Verse 13, instead, continue to rejoice as the praise team comes. For you, in a measure, have shared in the sufferings of the anointed one so that you can share in the revelation of his glory and celebrate with even greater gladness. Verse 14, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are greatly blessed because the spirit of glory and power who is the spirit of God rests upon you. That's crazy. If I'm suffering, I am blessed because the spirit of God rests upon me when I'm suffering? I don't know about you, Carlin, but in my Christian walk, I've never, I've never really had people come up Man, God, you're really going through it, man. You are blessed. <laughs> you must be blessed. But that's what it says. When you face these things, when you go through the, these things, the Holy Spirit is on you. And you are blessed when you go through them. Our struggles here on earth, again, will be rewarded in heaven with something that will far outweigh anything we go through on this earth, anything. So no matter how bad you think things are for you right now, cling to Jesus. Cling to his holiness and that holiness in your life. Be set apart no matter what. No matter how strong those struggles are, those trials are, cling to Jesus. There's something greater on the other side. Don't blend in with the world. Stand out. Be set apart. We need to watch the things we're watching. We need to think about the things we're saying outside of the church, the things we're listening to outside the church, the things we post. I understand it's your own wall, but you're also representing the body of Christ. We need to pay attention to these things to make sure we're set apart, to make sure we're being different and not like, like the world. We need to love people, sacrifice for people, no matter what. We talked about that in Sunday school. Sometimes you're gonna have things interrupt your life and those are opportunities sometimes for God to minister through you. Jump on them. Be different. Be set apart. I'm gonna close with this. When you look at the book of Acts, you look at the commitment that the disciples made, and it was radical, some of the things they were doing. In a good way. Some of it was actually insane, but it made sense. What wouldn't have made sense if they experienced that, they saw Christ rise from the dead, they experienced these miracles, saw all this stuff. What wouldn't have made sense is if they just gathered back together on a Sunday and Wednesday and never did anything with it. That would not make sense. So it doesn't make sense for Jesus to come into our heart and he brings that holiness and causes us to be set apart. It doesn't make sense for us to walk out of here and be like the world. It doesn't make sense. Because if he's Lord of our life, then we'll want everybody to know about what he's doing in us. That's what makes sense. If I'm excited and I'm joyful and I'm happy and I'm bursting with his love, then everybody should know about it. That's what makes sense. 
that I'm so excited that I need to tell you and you and you and you. Look what Jesus is doing. Look at these miracles. Look at these healings. One of my volunteers has this post on her wall. It says, if you want to make a difference in the world, you have to be different from the world. If you want to make a difference in the world, you're going to have to be different from the world. Each one of us can make that difference. Make up your mind. Do I want to to blend into the world and just kind of do my own thing? Or do I want to be set apart? Do I want to stand out with my faith? We've been run over for too long as Christians, and it's getting worse and worse. The world don't care about us. They're doing everything opposite of what Christ would want and just walking right over us in the meantime. We have a voice. We are strong. We have somebody on our side that's already won the battle. Set apart. You guys are all staying. bow your heads. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for what you do for us. Lord, I, I thank you for the sufferings, the trials. Lord, we, we want to embrace those things knowing, Father, that in the midst of those, we still have our victory. Lord, even if things don't turn out like we want, we still have an eternal home in heaven regardless. Lord, help us to live holy lives that are set apart, that are different. And Father, put that inside of us. That's something that we want to change. Lord, if we're in here this morning and that's us maybe that we're looking too much like the world and we're not looking enough like you, then convict us of that right now, Father. Lord, as we open up these altars that if there's anybody in here that says, that's me, I'm not being set apart. I'm not standing out. I'm not being holy like God is holy. Nobody can tell around me because I just don't have the joy. I don't have the peace. I don't have that love. I'm going to pray right now that you come. You spend some time in prayer. And you work on being holy like God is holy. That we work on being different. That people will notice and ask us, what's going on in your life? Where's that love come from? I want to know that love. I want to know that joy. Father, help us to be set apart. In Jesus' name. I'm going to open up the altars as they sing. If this spoke to you this morning, and it spoke to me again, I, when I speak, a lot of times I'm just pointing the finger at myself. It's, it's stuff I'm dealing with. I want to be set apart. I want to be holy like God's holy. I don't want to look like the world at all. I don't want to compromise things because I'm ashamed of my faith. I want to take that stand for Jesus no matter where I'm at. Whatever I say, whatever I do, I want it to be holy and righteous in his eyes. So if that's you this morning, I encourage you to pray. I'll have people pray with you as they sing. Give us clean hands.
pure hearts Let us not lift our souls to another And give us clean hands And give us pure hearts Let us not lift our souls to another Oh God, let us be
just want to encourage you guys. I know that message may have been a, he's really beating us up. And that's not what, that's not what my intent was. But something has to change in our world. And it starts with our churches. It starts with us. We are the difference that can be made in the world. And it wasn't to beat you up, it's to call you and call myself to be more holy. Not to look like what's out there, but for them to start looking like us as Christians. Being that difference out there. So many hurting people out there. So many people going through things. And we have the answer for them. We have someone on our side who is so strong, who's so mighty, who can bring so much peace, who can take them out of the stuff that they're in and set them on solid ground. That's what we want. We want to represent that when we go outside of here. That's all I want for you guys and for myself. To stand out, to be set apart, to be different, to be holy like God is holy. So I hope seeds were planted this morning. You'll take that and think about it, stew on it, whatever the words are, but you would just meditate on it this week and say, man, I can do better. I can do better in trying to live a holy life. I don't, I don't want this stuff in my life anymore. I want to be about his business.